Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey creators, this is John and you have once again found the Sketch Podcast. I am pleased to be sitting here as always with Bill Nichols and Robert Hickey and we are talking about how to get your book out there tonight. Is it important to get your book in stores? Is it important to get your book at comms? We're going to be talking about all that tonight and starting us off will be bill well it is important to get your book out there that really is your goal is to get it out where people can read it the problem is getting it to uh comic shops it's getting it into the hands of readers what route you're going to take and now more than ever it's uh increasingly more difficult but i was a retailer 20 years ago and we customer on my sword john you remember we carried quite a few things right uh, yeah mainline stuff and a lot of independence but and part of that was because we enjoyed those things and we were my partner and I were invested in it as far as things that we liked we could uh, sort of put our personal stamp because people would listen to things that we liked or they would be interested in what we were reading so that mm-hmm. was you know sort of a give and take there and vice versa because some people we couldn't read every single thing, but you know, people would recommend things to us too. One of the things that you're, as a creator, you're pushing for is that is your fan base, your readership, uh, putting your book in front of, say, as many people as you can in some way. And sometimes that's hard, especially now, like I said, with uh, the cost of the actual book itself, the floppy, mm-hmm. the single issue. Uh, especially with some stores going to more trade paperback uh, concentration and that kind of thing. A lot of stores don't want to carry back issues, so they don't order as many of anything, but maybe they'll special order. But uh, how do you do that? You market yourself. You do some of the things that we've talked about in previous podcasts right. and uh, build on one your name, one your project, uh, if you have collaborators or creators that are working with you, you build on those, and they're all doing the same thing. I mean, it's a, it is a team effort. It's not just one person. Or I mean, sometimes it is, but I mean, those people right. have have sort of a support other people. Some things that we've had at the store. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned. I, I was a store owner up to like three weeks ago. We would have creators mail us postcards to draw our attention to their book. And they would either time the postcards around to the release of the book, which is really too late, or around the time that their book was appearing in previews. And, and sometimes they did both. Now, that's costly because you had the cost of you know, mailing. Uh, I don't know if they focused on a an area or if they you know, just selected, say, top you know 100 stores. Well, that wouldn't be too bad, or top 1,000 stores. 
just about on a weekly or biweekly basis, we would get a postcard or, or some some t- something in the mail. And I would always get it because with Sketch, they'd go, do you know this creator? You know, that's one way to get your stuff out there to the stores now. Unlike 20 years ago, when it was when you could afford to support the indies, now it's tough. Every shelf space has to count for an income. There's no longer that, oh, well, you know, we'll spend $300 a month on indies. No, we're going to eat it. Maybe we'll move them as back issues because, like you said, the back issue market is totally different than it used to be because of the graphic novel market. The graphic novel market, within a month of completing a storyline, boom, they're in book format now. So you don't have that huge back issue market. You have, for older stuff, you have a back issue market. So people, like you said, they're not buying in volumes. used to be you'd buy an extra 20 X-Men's because you knew they'd hit the back issues and they'd sell for 50 cents more of recover. So it's tougher for anybody to fight for that shelf space. The store owners have to justify, do I give space for this? We had an area, which I think is still there. I don't know if the new owners have them or not, for local, mm-hmm. um, which is an easy sell. Because somebody would ask you you know, about this book, you say, well, he's local. Um, Eric Adams' book, we had Eric's mm-hmm. there. We sold through several sets. Uh, Laura Nez, her dreamer, even though she's two hours away, we still consider her local. She's a friend. So, you know, we sold many of her graphic novels, and she did signings in the store. Retail Cafe, Darren, Kristen, Jackie, you know, we went through many of their books. We even premiered their confectionaries, Ashcan, uh, when it first came out. We were the first ones to have it and sold through on the first day. That was an easy sell. Now, getting somebody I don't know and giving them shelf space, it's hard. It's hard to spend money on previews to promote your stuff. I mean, you're talking hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to buy an ad. To offset paying for that ad, you got to sell a lot of copies. So it's almost like you have to build up a readership in advance. Well, let's break it down then. What can somebody do locally for a store owner to get them to carry the book? What is the process or what is the uh, what are the important things to hit on for a local guy to get his book in his local store without having to go through, you know, at least at this point, without having to go through Diamond and all that. I would say you you should already have a relationship with your store owner. Um, if you're in the comics and they're in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole thing would be to get them sort of involved in it, like showing them pages as things are developing, covers, you know, pinups, give them posters, whatever, and get them involved in the stages up until it premiering, and then ask to do a signing. And I know in the past we've done signings like on Saturdays because you think they would be a lot better. They're not. The best day to do a signing is on Wednesday because that's when everybody's at the comic shop picking up their new comics. So if you're going to do a signing truly, if you can afford it or if if your day job allows it or whatever, do your signing on, on Wednesday. And uh, premiere your book there. Um, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, and it's a good way to gauge yourself what you're doing is, is to do it local. Because the odds are you know some of the other people coming in. You're familiar with some of them. You're there at store at the same time. So you can, you know, sort of play upon them and see how your pitch is. See what they think about it. Of course, don't get me wrong. 
calling your mom, dad, uncles, aunts, brothers, cousins. Make sure they all show up so the store owner feels good about your book and wants to support the next issue because you brought in some new faces. I know one webcomic publisher, Sheldon. I check out his strip every day. When he releases a new, he only collects them in graphic novels. Mm-hmm. When he releases a new one, he finds a place like a bar, not a bar bar, but like a, a fancy restaurant slash dining area, right, yeah. and he throws a party. Nice. You know, he brings in friends. He has a book signing. He doesn't have like a store appearance. He has a book mm-hmm. signing, and um, that's a cool way to build up something like that. The the club owners, and they're probably more clubs and bars. The club owners feel like, you know, you're bringing in new faces or bringing in people. So they're going to give you room, maybe give you a deal on the drinks or stuff for the people who attend your, your book signing. Right. Um, so there's different ways for you to build that local excitement. And then what you got to do is shoot photos and you post those on Facebook, on your website, on your on your blogs. You build and then you got people questioning what's going on. Why was this such a big deal? And you try to build upon that. What do you think, Bill? Establishing that local relationship, that's where you start. I mean, you start as, if you look at it as circles, uh, that's the center of your um, your circle. And then you build outwards. And it gives you a base of operations to to go out. Uh, there was another local store that I, I after my store, I sort of a consultant. Really, the local books really were not. Uh, we we did when we had a comic store. If it was in Kentucky mm-hmm. at the time, we did stuff. I mean, uh, what was it, Captain or Vitaman? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah, I published that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had that. We had that, and we carried that book just because it was in Kentucky. Really? And yeah, yeah. Because um, I would go through the solicitation packet, and I would look. I would start reading all the the flyers and all those things. I would read those things. Right. And then I would look at maybe through the uh, the diamond stuff, the the catalog, but mm-hmm. uh, you never knew what gems you were going to find. Yeah, you know, a couple of them, you know, they never really went anywhere. But it was the the idea that we were supporting, you know, local talents, whether it was in Bowling Green or Lexington, which I think two of them were, uh, Vitaman, which is mm-hmm. that was Florence, mm-hmm. right? Yes. yes, and uh, because I saw your name in it ah. <laughs> years later, I didn't realize at years the time, later. but I yeah. knew that that was Kentucky. I mean, for me, that was kind of important. Right. And, I mean, I have a different sensibility than some other somebody else. Now, at that time, I wasn't creating comics. But years, just a few years later, when I was a consultant, that was something I paid attention to, which the the other owners didn't do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a a concern, really. You know, it was just all the books. Right. So I would even, if I, if I knew something was local, I made signs and put it on there, like Blood Roses. Right. No sign. Mm-hmm. You know, hello. I wrote the book. Why not? Right. You know, at the time, the ones that I did for you. But that was part of that too. Is the store owner too? What the store owner's um, goals are too, and and knowing your local shops, if you have several shops too, uh, each one may be different in what they are shooting for. Oh yeah. And you know, I don't know. Around here, there's only one shop, and I don't know that store and. But at one point, there were three or four in this area. We were one of them. And then once you have one fairly successful one, then others start. But knowing each store and what those – maybe their focus, because some sort of get away from comics. Comics are sort of a sideline in a way, or they've come that way because whether the 
store owner likes, uh, you know, books or models or, right. um, you know, Our Japanese. Supplies. Right. The great, the great sports card. Action figures. Yeah. yeah. Blue line pro paper. There you that's go. That's right. No, you had a, you had a, I mean, now I've said it before. You had an awesome store. I mean, that's a store that I think that anybody would be proud to say that they were owner of because it's it just really is was awesome. And I love being there. It's different. It now. was eclectic. Yeah, it was eclectic. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you had everything. So it's a comic shop now. The guys gutted it and totally rebuilt it. Flat out comic shop. shop. Yep. It's cool. But, uh, it's cool. That was awesome and. And knowing that you had art, local artists is important too, mm-hmm. not only just in in terms of comics but supplies because you know I had some Blue Line, right? And we put it out and it sold because that was my Blue Line. It's like I, I can't use this right now, and somebody had asked Matt for it, and I was like, okay, here, and it sold like within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Knowing your local stores, as a creator and as a publisher, as all that, it's sort of on you. To know not only know your local shops but know your audience. That's some research and some thought you have to put into it. Not just throw your your work out there and go, well, uh, somebody's going to like it or they won't, and you know, give up right. almost before you know you're sort of beating yourself and you're sort of cheating yourself by not doing that um, that homework a little bit, you know, or putting that thought into it rather than thinking I've got the greatest uh, I've got the the greatest creation going. Uh, they'd be fools not to pick this book up. Well, yeah, I've seen people like that, mm-hmm. and you have too. And personality of a person, can, of the creator or the publisher or whatever, can turn people off too. Oh yeah. But uh, sometimes that that comes through in in their presentation and their, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't push their own book, they just believe it's the, you know, and it may be, but if somebody's not willing to give it a chance then you know you've lost sales you've lost readers you've lost uh potential uh readers for well you've lost maybe even your book because people don't support this one so they're not going to support the next one and the one after that so you're sort of defeating yourself before you ever get it going i I think another thing you got to look at too is an audience when you when you create a book and, and maybe it's not when you're creating the book because i'm in the process of creating a new ip right now property and book and uh you know right now my focus is creating a solid base of characters and solid storyline um something that will continue and getting this first four issues sort of in order where where we want it to go just in the past week or so have i really thought okay who do we sell this to because one thing with my experience not everybody likes everything you know this isn't a superhero book you know if you're just in the superheroes you most likely will not like this book or you know i'm hoping the art's going to be tight enough where you'll give it a try but you've got to look at okay is this a goth book is this a crime noir book is this a time travel like blood and roses book what is it and then how do you find that audience do you go out and find boards blogs um jackie was trying to sell darren on going to a steampunk convention because she wanted to go. Not that it fit within Ringtail at all. They yeah. have no steampunk stuff, and that's what Darren kept trying to tell her. I'd love to go to a steampunk I'd, convention. Too. I'd spend too much money. I would, yeah. yeah. But it's like she wanted to go. So 
if you had a property that was steep punk, heck yeah, you need to be there, you know? Right. So I think you got to try to figure out who your audience is, along with building that local connection. Um, you try to find that audience and develop it, whether it's, like I said, on the boards, blogs, sites, meetings, conventions, and, and try to expand it out. Bo Smith once told me, when you, when you have a property and try to promote it, go to the magazine racks, which there's not as many magazines out there as they're used to. Now you got the internet. Write down every name of editor, assistant editor, and the editor underneath the assistant editor. Send every one of those people a copy of your project. So, say I had a project about racing, race danger. I would go through NASCAR magazines, stock car magazines, anything like that. Write down the name. You don't have to buy the magazine. You can do it right there in the store. Big box stores don't need any money. Um, Write down the name. Get the address out of it. Write down the name of the editor, the associate editor, and anybody underneath there. And then you send them a a promotional package and see maybe somebody there is a comic fan. They may want to run a story on you. And that's like free advertising. You get a story in one of those major magazines, that's like free ads. It's great promotion. So, and you can do the same thing on the internet. Research. Send out PDFs of your project that you want, of course, reposted. Promote. That's one of the best things is, is you got to promote it. you got to build an audience. You start off with, with the small, but, you know, the reason we're saying this is because Diamond wants to know are you going to sell enough copies for us to even consider carrying you? And they're getting right. really picky. So even before you can, you can get that local store, before you outreach to all the stores across the country or across the world, I guess, you got to prove the diamond. Not only is the project done, professional looking, and ready to go, do you have a reader base? Will their stores be able to sell your book? And that, that's something that Diamond has probably stepped up in the past few years and taken notice of. They've offered too much product that either never gets published, never you know, never gets seized print, or doesn't sell enough to justify it. And the thing is, this can happen to almost any book. So you've really got to work. Um, there was a book that came out from, I want to say Image. It was one of the Bengals, one of the girls that was in the Bengals. Jane, maybe? Jane something? I don't know. Oh, Jane Whedon? Yeah, Jane Whedon. From the Go-Go's. Yeah, okay, yeah. from the Go-Go's, yeah. No, your girl groups. Okay. Your All right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, her book was borderline almost being canceled, and her and the artist went out on the net and made a last stab effort to get the quantities they needed to get her books and sell. So, can't take anything for credit but as much you know you have somebody a pop star old, older pop star or whatever out there anybody if your book is interesting drawn well you can build your audience you but you've got to determine how big of an audience that you can build and uh on to that next level uh, or before we even delve further into the uh getting it to other stores thing i think consistency has to be the next most important step. Sure, you've got the first issue out, but when is the second issue coming out? Six months later. Six months later, (laughs) a year later, you know, when is that second issue coming out? 
because that's the quickest way to lose readership right there is by not having a book out in a consistent amount of time. Well, I mean, in all honesty, if you're putting out a book and you're waiting for that book to sell to put out the next book, no, you're, you're in trouble. You're dead. You're dead. Yeah. Um, I think what you have to do is set up realistic goals. Right. Do you even do floppies? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can produce and you can produce a book at least every 60 days, every two months, then you can pull off doing quote-unquote floppies. If you can't, if your life's life, um, you know, family commitments, um, work commitments don't allow you to, you cannot produce something every 60 days, you either wait till it's all done for you to go out and start trying to sell this property, or you consider just launching it in graphic novels. Um, right. One of the series that Clay and I are really enjoying right now is called Amulet. Scholastic is publishing it. It comes out, I want to say, every six months in a trade. And they're like novels. They're 80, 90, 100 page, maybe 140 page graphic novels. And they're well-drawn, great stories. Um, Clay and I read them together. Uh, I just happened to stumble across one because in our store we always had a kid section. And we was always looking for different things to put in it. Um, just, just stumbled by ordering one of the hardcovers, um, took it home, read it to Clay, fell in love with the characters. And the, the cool thing was, two weeks ago, I got a package in the mail from Scholastic with a uh, uncorrected proof of number three. It's not even out yet. won't be out to the end of this month. Clay and I wrapped up reading it last night. Part of it was in color, part of it was in black and white. So I'll be writing a review, probably work comic-related about it. Yeah, you, you got it really... Think about what your lifestyle will allow you to do. Is this going to be your day job? Is this going to be your night job? And what can you produce? Because you're right. If you launch off as floppies, can you backtrack and do a collection? Yes. Can you launch a floppy six months later, expect to have number two out and have the same readership? No. Is your people going to be on your community, on your blog, supporting you month after month after month after month after not seeing anything? No. Comics are in my face now. Uh, who are you? And you know they want to know who you are in three, four months. There's right. too much merchandise coming out, and you know that's something we need to discuss here in a little bit. Is competition for the dollar. You've got to produce. You got to be professional if you're going to do this, and produce. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I sell tons of art paper and art products to customers whose books never truly ever come out. Um, our first stab at a digital company, which you know, we're working on a new one, um, it was amazing that I got calls from people saying, why isn't my digital book selling? And I would say, what are you doing to sell it? Are you, are you doing newsletters? Are you doing blogs? Are you, are you out there pushing on your Facebooks? What are you doing to build this readership so people know where to come and find it? And they'd be going, well, that's up to you. And too many publishers depend on stores. Actually, I think a lot of people out there, probably stab myself in the foot here, making people mad. I think a lot of people think, I'll just stick it in the store, it's going to sell. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, it does not. You've got to work for that readership. You've got to build it. And the stores benefit from you doing that, but you benefit too because you, you're building that readership. 
hopefully word spreads and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But so many people just think because they put it out in print or they put it out in digital, it should just sell. And it doesn't. You've really got to work for it. And I think one of the important things that people forget, too, is you really, if you're not going to promote it yourself, you need to make friends with people who will promote it. For example, you need to get it in the hands of people like us. Right. You know, that will read a book and review it and talk about it on websites like Comic Related or, you know, any of the other websites. Not just to, you know, toot our own horn. But... Hey, hey, John, sometime we need yes, to get sir. Chuck on here and discuss yes. how and... publishers and creator can get their stuff mm. on CR. It wouldn't be bad to try to get Chuck on sometime. No, we definitely need to do that because he's a fountain of information in that case. You know, now that I've been with Comic Related for a few years now, I'm seeing all kinds of different creators that, uh, you know, I'm seeing the guys that I know their book is going nowhere Mm -hmm. just from the product they put out or the way they approach me. Right. You know, they're... And you hit on it a little bit, there, or actually Bill hit on it a little bit too. There's a very happy medium between pride in your work and arrogance. Right. Or the converse problem of being too uh, too timid to really, you know, self-promote it all. Right. You know, and that's the problem with. A lot of artists, you know, it gets all back to that thing of keeping your head down at shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you have to have a certain a certain amount of that carnival barker inside you. Yes. To get your book out there. But that's, and we've discussed in the past, that's sort of hard because yeah. we're people who work in isolation. Right. We work at studios or in, on computers or at drawing tables all day. Right. You know, so, so that's, that's sort of what we have to step out and do. That's sort of opposite of what we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, right. you it, have to either hook up with a friend or, right. or uh, what's the gentleman who runs Kamikaze? Um, oh, BJ. BJ. Johnson. Oh, my. He's the yeah. best. He's out there just pushing, pushing, pushing. He is a promoter so, and a half. Yes, he definitely. is. I, lo- I love BJ. Um, this where it gets me excited back in this market a little bit, seeing them guys out there pushing their work, you know? Yeah. And oh. the funny thing BJ's doing is, uh, with his creators, mm-hmm. he is kind of mixing it up. He's kind of taking writers and creators that have never worked together mm-hmm. and kind of putting them together. Mm. To kind of sort of see what happens, you know, to sort of see what blossoms. Right. And and from that has come some pretty impressive work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely a business model that uh, is worth emulating. Oh, yeah. And, you know, definitely it shows, you know, you can always find the Studio Kumikaze table. Oh, yeah. Because there's usually, you know, like 20 of them. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of them at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's always activity. There's always, uh, you know, there's always work happening no matter where they are. Right. Yeah, and and, that's a way that artists can get noticed. Maybe it isn't by talking right. or outreaching, but by 
doing their craft right there at the show. Draw. Mm-hmm. Draw yeah. where they can watch you. Draw, you know, if you got a sketch list, be doing your sketches, of course, making money, but right. draw. And, and Dave Sims always had this thing I loved when he used to do shows is that, yeah, I'll do a sketch for anybody, but Cerebrus is in it. You want Superman? Yeah. Cool. I'll do you a Superman, but Cerebrus is going to be in it. It's going to be what I want. Hmm. That way he promoted his character with everything he drew. Remember that, Bill? Yeah. 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 Love that book. Yeah, I did too. He got a little wild there at the end, but. I didn't get book. that far because I was out of comics at that point. But yeah. yeah. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I think you're right. Again, it's not it's not just one angle that we've been talking about. It's from every angle, and it starts with the it starts with the creator, um, and if the creator is the publisher, uh, it starts from there. Whether it's promotion or production, uh, getting the book out there, getting it out in front of people advertising uh, I was just thinking uh, when I was a consultant and I'd say that you know I was the guru or whatever it just meant that I got to read any book that I wanted right you know? and if I really liked it then I bought it but I got to see a lot of things and I think it was in the comics buyers guide I saw this ad by you know some guy named Billy Tucci <laughs> and I said I said you gotta get this book and he wasn't even gonna order it and I'm not gonna say his name because it but he wasn't even going to order it. Mm-hmm. And I said, you've got to get this book. There was just something about that ad that just, you know, hit me. And it was very well drawn and it was very well done. And at that point, uh, it hadn't come out yet. And of course I saw, uh, you know, at the, uh, middle Ohio con, I saw Billy there. And then I saw him at Chicago a couple of years ago, but there was something about it that just, you know, and, and there have been other books like the tick and things that have, I just love, you know, I think they had sent us some kind of flyer or something. There, right. But. Well, she hit at the right time. It's when the bad girl thing mm. was going on. Billy draws beautifully. Very professional. Oh, yeah. um, all the artwork was very clean. He was very smart about doing tons of shows. Billy's a talker. Talk your arm off. Oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> and it can't keep a secret. I knew about him doing Sergeant Rock a year before he did Sergeant Rock. <laughs> so he's a promoter. And, I mean, she did so well for them that they bought their own building and just, you know, they did very well with it. But it ran its fad. Right. Um, I know he's getting ready to refocus on it again. He's yeah, it's coming back. A few things. And he's been smart because he's been over and playing in DC's arena, building his name, his credentials up. And hopefully he gets a good interest in, you know, gets she going off again. Mm-hmm. One thing that you mentioned was creator publisher. My past experience as being a publisher and not the creator of a book is they don't give a damn about me. Mm-hmm. They want to talk to the creators. Uh, Bo Smith's Parts Unknowns is, is a fine example. When I'm out promoting that book, trying to promote it, they don't want to hear from me. Where's Bo? You know, even though we're publishing it, promoting it, putting it out, even when we ran it through Image and I studioed it. It, it didn't matter. It wasn't my book. When when I do a show or do anything, it was Bo here. You know, they want the creative team. So as much as any publisher can promote a book, it's really up to the creative team to get out there and promote it. Um, I can think Avatar. They're set up. I'm sure they got their fan base. But if you put Warren Ellis behind there or one of the you know one of their artist teams behind there, that's 
that book, whatever they're on, is what's going to sell and promote there. As much as you can hook up with a publisher, you've got to uh, be ready to step forward in some fashion and, and promote it and build it. Online, I still, I always go back to online. It's such an open canvas to work. Um, I'm pumped, right. pumped to be working in it again. See what we can develop online to promote our projects so then we can share on these podcasts and inside Sketch Magazine. Right. Well, let's hit on that. Um, do you even need a comic store anymore? You know, do you even need a retailer to get your stuff out there? Or can you just do it purely digitally now? Well, you can't do it dis. Well, digitally is coming. I mean, need to say with the iPad, mm-hmm. um, it, it's very close. There's a couple more devices coming out at the end of this year that are a little cheaper. That yeah. do the same. Uh, one's running the Droid um, OS. So th- by the end of the year, first of next year, we're going to have three or four choices, which is always good. You can't just depend on one, one format. So right. by the end of the year, there'll be several others. You know, you got Comicology and Drive-Thru. Um, we're working on something. So you're going to have very, several choices to offer your stuff through, offer through all of them, which would be a smart thing. Can you only do it that way? Not yet. The reader base isn't there unless you just want to give it away for free. Yeah. Um, DC and Marvel both have noticed anything they give away for free does very well. Uh-huh. Um, what they try to sell, eh, very, very small percentage of the free stuff. I'm wondering how much of the free stuff is truly read. Uh, Gary Reed made a post on Facebook not too long ago that he was giving away a Dead World something. I forget where it was. Comicology uh-huh. or somewhere. Yeah, it had like seventy-five thousand downloads. Wow! And he's like, "Where are these people? You know, how many of those people truly even opened it up and read it? You know, I, I've downloaded comics I haven't opened up yet. Can you do it digitally? No, not yet. Can you sell direct? It's getting close. Um, can you make as much money selling, getting it printed yourself, taking the conventions, working the internet, shipping it yourself? Sure. How much time do you want involved in that end of the business compared to creating the book? That's the right. question. Um, do you have people who can step in and help you? A wife, a girlfriend, a friend, buddies that are into this. Um, if they can help you run that end of it, that would help. It's all changing. You know, paper is yeah. changing to digital, but paper is not going away. So it, I'm interested. We're, we got a couple projects in the works. Um, with one is with a project I've been working on with a friend of mine for 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to go direct with this special issue, just direct to his fan base. We're gonna try it. I mean, I, I print on demand, so if he sells, you know, 10,000, we'll print 10,000. If he sells 300, we'll print 300. So it's gonna be interesting to see once the project's done. You know, I'll announce it here, and we'll see what he does, what he's able to work, and you know, we'll let people know if it worked or not. But um, that is a possibility. you got Kablam, Kablam out there printing for you, short runs. They're expensive. Um, and the, now I mean Kablam is expensive, but anytime you do a short run, it's expensive to do. Per right. issue, yeah. Yeah, per issue. Especially now. So it, it, it's, it's a possibility out there. So. Yeah, the longer run you can do, of course, the less they will charge you, so the less you'll have to charge to recoup your money, essentially. Yeah, and there... The more I think Darren Ringtail Cafe, um, mm-hmm. 
they just got, I think it's a 5,000 print run of one of the yeah. books. And he had yeah. them done overseas. The cost wasn't bad at all. No, he was pretty happy with it. I'm looking to do something like that for Skystorm next spring. Like a, yeah. a, a who's who type book for us to give away all next year at shows. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's things to look into. Um, I need to research a little bit of these overseas printers, and the more information I can find on it, we'll post it on um, sketchmagazine.net. Right. You know, share the resources. Right, yeah, of course. So I guess we should preface this by saying, you know, we don't want to scare away the lone creator. I thought that's what I do all the time. You you do scare people away a lot. <laughs> but we should preface this by saying yes. if you are all doing the whole book yourself, don't freak out. No. We're not telling you that it can't be done. We are telling you to make some friends, though. Yeah, we love comics. We yeah. want to see comics survive. Right. We want to see some comics surviving many aspects. In print, in floppy, in graphic novels, right. and in digital. So, no. What you can do, put out your best work. Right. Look at who you are and what you offer. Build around you the core that you need. Whether it's helping promotions, whether it's out in the shows, it's help getting the book done, and run with it. Build that readership. It's out there. If you if you enjoy the book, then somebody else out there is going to enjoy the book. If you've got a friend, especially a female friend, that's willing to dress up oh, no. as a character in your book, that's definitely a way to go. It does draw people to the table. you got to be careful with that. But Make, no, I mean, you should keep it, yeah. you know. No string bikinis at comp Yeah, shops, right, right, right. Keep it above the board, yeah. you know. Don't just do, like, a, you know, incredibly small bikini woman, you know. <laughs> No. Make it make it a real part of your story. Like yeah. uh, uh, one of our other friends does a book called uh, The Wannabes. Yeah. And uh, at a mid-Ohio con once, uh, they had someone dressed up as Mao. That was cool. One of their characters, yes. That was a very cool costume. Uh, at the most recent C2E2, uh, one of the guys who does The Wannabes, Scott Simmons, uh, had one of his friends dressed up as a character in a new book that he's promoting, which I'm um, sorry to say, Scott, I don't know the name of, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, you know, in a room full of cosplayers, yes. you know, in a room full of other people in costumes. And it was a complete full body unrevealing costume, but she still managed to draw people to the table. Oh yeah. So it's definitely a way to go. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about it before displays, uh, a couple of times you guys have mentioned postcards. Business you cards, know. you mentioned last time. Business cards, yeah, business cards, uh, you know, mini banners, uh, mini posters, uh, little flyers you can give. A, practically every show now has that freebie table mm -hmm. where you just, you know, throw down 100 flyers. And I know I at least look at that thing. Right. If I don't take everything off of it, I at least look at everything on there just because I'm interested in, you know, what's new, what people are doing. We mentioned it before, you know, get with people like uh, comic related or, you know, other other people like that. Um, One resource I mean, is um, comicbookresources.com. Right. Yeah. Comic um, book resources, although they're not as well open to, no. you know. But brand new people. You have to fight your way in. Right. 
Because the guy who runs the board is going to tell you, why should I give you time? Yep. And, and, and unfortunately, that's the way you got to think about it. Why should he give me time? Give him an answer, and he'll be honest with you. If he likes your product, and he can move it. And many of those guys on the boards can move new stuff. They're moving Chew from Image. They're moving, you know, different books that are coming out. Prove to them that you have a reader base who may walk in their store, and they'll carry a book. Because if you can make them money, they want to make that money. And I think that's where, where it really comes down to. If you can make a retailer money, he will carry your book. But you now have to prove it to them that they can make that money. Um, you, know? you know, things like, uh, well, you've got Bleeding Coal with Rich Johnson. <laughs> Buyer beware with that particular site. But still, right. that's an avenue. You could try Newsarama, although they are very tough. Uh, they're tough uh, for anybody. Yeah, they're tough for anybody. Even mainstream folks, yep. they're tough for. You could always go the digital webbering route. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's still DeviantArt. Yes. You know, Make sure you got a portfolio a, up there. Indeed. Uh, there's still Facebook as an avenue of promotion. I mean, you know, just pretty much anything to get your name out there. Right. To get your book out there and to get, you know, the image of your character and the title of your book. If you can get it in your local coffee shop or plaster the side of a local bus or whatever it takes, <laughs> you know. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree. Oh, like one of the... Uh, when we were up at C2E2, uh, someone had put things up on the telephone poles that looked like lost dog posters, but they were actually promoting that book. And you would see people stop and read them and then kind of get this smile on their face. Yep, that's good marketing. And they realized, you know, when they realized that, hey, I just got took a little bit, but now I'm going to have to go look for this book. Right. So, yeah, that, I mean, you know, there's there's many avenues. And what well, you guys definitely touched on, I mean, Bill's first store was a significantly sized store. The store he consulted at was significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. And um, the store that you've just left, Bob, was mm-hmm. um, it was packed to the rafters with yes. all sorts of different things, definitely. But it was still significantly smaller yes. than even, I think, your previous store. Mm-hmm. It was. The one in the house, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I fear that small comic stores are becoming the larger trend here. Well, hopefully they survive. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Because that's what store owners are looking. They're just trying to survive this this um, economy. You know, when you got Borders and, and all these yeah. other stores having trouble... Well, that trickles down, mm-hmm. and uh, so the stores are, are downsizing, and that's what we did. We we moved a store from that yeah. house where we started it to a large store. We moved everything into right. it, and then we moved it to a small store, and we got it where it was profitable. Um, it had a good client base, and it was doing well enough that I was able to sell the store. So yeah. that's what store owners are. Like I said, if you can fight for that space on the shelf and prove the store owner that you will make them money, they will buy your book. Um, one right. book we missed out was Chew for Image. No clue what it was. Um, evidently, some of the creators got a great review on iFanboy. That's another source. Send them mm-hmm. free samples of your yeah, stuff. Yeah, forgot about them, yeah. Um, they got it there. 
I was able to reorder some of the books, even though the first issue was out and they reprinted it. I always, when I get a request like that, I'll order one extra. I think by the time we sold the store, we were selling eight to ten copies of it, which is pretty good for a little independent book, and we were selling several of the trades. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot. You're not going to sell hundreds to the store. It just does not happen anymore for an independent. Yeah. But, I mean, if you can sell eight to ten copies through 3,000 stores, that's twenty four to 30,000 print run. That's good. That's very good for an independent right now. Definitely Heck, that's working ordering going good for a mainstream right yes, now, is. sadly. Yes, it is. Definitely work all the angles. I, fanboy, look through different podcasts that are out there to do reviews and promote. Right, yeah, there are a lot of podcasts out there, mm-hmm. much more than this or what's on comic related or you know there's there's tons of folks out there doing podcasts some people are doing video casts Mm -hmm. uh Uh, you can usually find those on youtube you know go check them out right check out every episode bringing that up there's ways to promote yourself which you get back to the branding thing from last podcast Uh to help you sell your book is to do those you draw in your book videotape it and put it on youtube to build an audience Um, to get interviewed for iFanboy or talk to Comic Related or get a post or get in their blog area so that their fans are seeing your blog. Maybe you can pull them over to your own blog. There, there's ways to work it. You just got to get out there and, and shake the bushes and see what works best for you. Right. I think we've done pretty well with this, guys. Does somebody want to read the mail? Or do you guys feel like we did pretty good with this? Oh, yeah. I think we covered it pretty well. Bill. If anybody feels that we missed anything, uh, please let us know. Yep, send us an email at, what is the email? Podcast at sketchmagazine.net. Thank you. Or you can or, go, after every podcast, you can go to the comic-related forum. Yes. And each podcast has its own thread where you can post your comments, ask your questions. You can go there. Are we going to start answering those, too? He has been. <sighs> No, I mean here yeah. on the podcast. Is there? Oh, we could. I don't. I don't think so. So much okay. unless it's something really important. Just because uh-huh. being on the uh, the forum, I mean, if it's something that's that's topical or that is you know that needs to be brought up, maybe. But right, uh, the forum allows more of a, an immediate back and forth right between us and and whoever's answering the and even other people on the members of the forum comment on right. the like, just like the branding. We had several responses on the, the branding so um, so it's something to check out was that was bob still the bad guy no 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 no, no not right. at all somebody was asking how soon oh, well here we go how soon is too soon to start branding yourself never, if you're not oh, a, yeah never you know, too soon right so just be careful what you're right you know don't start pitching a book that's not going to be out for a year right at that point just start pitching yourself First impressions are hard to make up. Yes, you know? yes, and I've done that before. I've promoted so the, a book way too early. Only it can have take years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it happens. So, but anyway, we said we were going to answer those. Um, do you want to read emails? Uh, I will say, um, Yitzi Hayes, or if I'm mispronouncing your name, uh, sorry. It's an interesting name. <laughs> Yitzi. Uh, yes, we have gotten your drawing comics video. I am currently watching it, and I will let you know soon what we think of it. So, uh, be patient. 
Yeah, but he also we do have it. He also posted, "I love the podcast. It really gets yes, me serious about he does. comics." I'll read. Uh, I'll read exactly what he says. He says, "My name is Yitzi Hayes. I am 17, and I recently made a video, being that I am a big fan of you guys, and I was just wondering if you could check it out and tell me what you think." Thank you. Uh, P.S. I love the podcast. Uh, it really got me serious about making comics. So uh, if anybody wants to check that out, I think his tag on YouTube is YY Hayes. I believe that's his only video up there. And uh, go check that out. And What is I it, will... him drawing? Yes, it's him drawing. From what I've seen so far, he's... Uh, just generally giving a tutorial on uh, kind of the basics of drawing comic characters. And so far, it's been really good. Oh, cool. Um, you know, he there are a few little things he needs to work on, and I'll, you know, I'll get into that with him on the email. But right. for the most part, you know, especially for being 17, mm -hmm. doing, uh, doing fairly well. I was out chasing girls when I was 17. I wasn't making videos. <laughs> All right, Bill, you want to read uh, Ian Miller's? They didn't um, even have right. it. Do what? <laughs> what? Well, yeah, they didn't have video. You they didn't even it. have internet when you were 17. <laughs> nope. I can find it here. This is from Ian Miller. He says, greetings, Robert, John, and Bill. First off, I'd like to say I'm really enjoying your podcast. I usually put them on while I'm drawing, which I guess is as good a time as any to listen to them. I really liked the segment you had on art supplies in episode 5. It seemed the general consensus was that younger creators are gravitating more toward digital media or traditional media such as mechanical uh, pencils and pens to do their line work rather than drafting pencils or brushes or croquils. Well, I recently turned 24 and I've always gravitated toward more traditional media and I'm employing them on my, on my current comics project. Not only am I penciling with drafting pencils and doing finished line work with nothing but quills and brushes and a bottle of ink, but I'm doing the colors with Dr. Martin's watercolor dyes. The only digital aspect is in the lettering, uh, which I would have done by hand uh, on the actual artboards if my handwriting weren't so messy. Here are some examples of my, and he, he lists a couple. Right. And then uh, said, so I know the tools uh, an artist uses differs depending on their personal taste, but as a younger comics creator whose informative introduction to comics were in the 90s during the gradual shift to digital lettering and coloring, I have to say that I prefer the look of traditionally created comics, and I prefer to use traditional media. I implore all of you comics creators out there who are in their 20s and younger to be dinosaurs for a bit and really get to know these traditional mediums um, if you haven't already. Some of them are hard to control at first, but once you have the hang of it, you may like what you have, uh, or like you may like what you can do with them. Best Ian Miller. You're here, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, his D. Uh, let me. I'll give you his DeviantArt page because it has his gallery. That's the links that I skipped over before. But it's uh, Universe X two fifty nine at uh, or dot deviantart dot com. He's got a very uh, traditional style. It looks nice. Yeah, there's still there's huh? still a few out there that oh, yeah. go for that. He's got so. real heavy handed on his inks. I like that. He's not afraid to use a thick line along with a thin line. Dick Giordano would have appreciated that. Yeah, I mean that's cool. Dr. Martin dies and everything. I know we talked about him. Sort of made fun of him. Nobody uses them anymore. But I tell you, Ian, be careful. They will fade over the years. So make sure you do digitally scan whatever you're doing, so you have copies of it way down the road. 
Um, I have some dye work that we did back in the days that we were producing. Uh, first couple issues, Blood and War Roses, we actually, um, Dr. Morton watched and uh, I noticed the pages about a year ago. So a lot of it had faded from the originals. So just got to be careful with that. And just keep them locked up somewhere. Yeah, don't let light get to them. Then how do you enjoy them? Um, let's see, Ted Woods. I'll read Ted's. I signed myself up for a booth at the Detroit Fanfare Convention this Halloween and heard about your podcast through their announcements. I've been listening to your podcast, and they have been incredibly helpful in preparing me for my first official convention. I guess we'll find out whether it was a wise move or not. Your discussions have been very informative. I look forward to seeing you at the convention. I just wanted to thank you guys for your great help. Keep up the good work, Ted. Um, oh, well, hopefully this podcast, Ted, hopefully you hear this, and uh, we've given you a few ideas and suggestions on how to promote you know, your podcast. I'm looking forward to make sure you, please, if you hear this, make sure you introduce yourself to us up there. I'll be up there. Um, John, you're thinking about it still? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty much a go. I think okay. I'll be there. Okay. So um, at least John and I will be there. I may I may be launching a project there. I'll know within the next two weeks um, if we'll have it ready or not. So uh, I'm pumped to be there. Uh, I know Blue Line will be set up there as Blue Line, and we'll be set up there as Skystorm Man. Anytime Skystorm Blue Line's around, we'll be promoting Sketch Magazine podcast. So. Um, good luck with that. Glad uh, we were able to help, and uh, hopefully you do well. Looking forward to seeing what you're working on. So that's that is the emails, guys. The ones that we want to read and answer. <laughs> Makes it sound like we got bad ones, but we haven't. No, 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 no. no we got it good just ones. takes me a while to pull that stuff up. So yeah. Well, no, only so many times you can say, "Great podcast, do this." Yeah, yeah. No, there's not. Not really. <laughs> no, no. Feel free. Yeah, feel free to pat that's yourself on the back. That's what you want to say. Say great podcast. All right, guys. I've gotten a few texts and a few messages about our podcast. Yeah. So I think Bill's gotten comments on uh, Comics Mentor, haven't you? Yeah. 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 So, so we hear we hear about it, good or bad. How bad Bob nope, slashed the market? Stop. Yeah. You know. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway. Yeah. So I think this was good, guys. Um, I talked to Bill Love. About the Alex Ross interviews, he's breaking it all down. So, nice. hopefully, in the future, we'll be launching the uh, SketchMagazine.net uh, interview podcast. I know the three of us are still thinking, discussing the format and everything, how we're going to launch them. So, but I would say within the next month, we'll uh, definitely be launching the interviews um, along with the, with the regular podcast of us just sitting around chatting. You want to wrap it up? Sounds like a plan. Okay. Uh, have you made any posts over at CR this week? Always, always. Um, every day, new content over at comicrelated.com slash sketch. Uh, since our last podcast, I believe, let's see. Um, I found a, an interesting little documentary on Matt Groening. For those of you who don't know that name, please climb out from under the rock <laughs> because uh, he is the one that created The Simpsons, Futurama, uh, the cartoon – or not the cartoon, the comic strip, Life in Hell. Pretty famous dude. So if, if you don't know him, you definitely know his work, and uh, it was a cool little documentary on – 
it was called my wasted life, you know, because we're all wasting our lives according to uh, <laughs> according to people in the mainstream with what we do. So, uh, but yet our he, characters are so great for movies right now. I know. Imagine that. Wow. How all this waste is making everyone else so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day is a uh, figure drawing lesson using Manga Studio software. I don't generally promote manga stuff, but yeah, but it doesn't uh, have to be a nice piece of software. No, it yeah. doesn't have to be manga like. I think it's Brian nice Boland is using it. It's possible. Yeah. Um, and it's a cool little piece of software. Um, and you know, I even uh, make the joke that the computers will the computers will replace us all eventually. Um, That's not good. I know. I sell paper. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Go ahead. No, they'll. They'll be the ones selling the paper at that point. Oh, okay. Uh, the next day was uh, just for fun. I absolutely love the show The Big Bang Theory. I'm actually more than a little bit annoyed they're moving it to Thursday. But anyway, <laughs> um, for for everyone who didn't make it to the, to San Diego, and that's everyone I know anyway, um, at The Big Bang Theory's panel, the Bare Naked Ladies showed up and sang the theme song. They're the ones that wrote it for the show. And it's actually a longer song than what you get to hear on the show. So that one's not there to teach anything. That's just to show how much of a geek I am. You know, go check that out. It's it's a cute little song, and I've been a fan of uh, the band The Bare Naked Ladies for many years. So, And speaking of fans, I think it's safe to say all three of us are uh, pretty big fans of Jess Smith. So I found a whole slew of Jess Smith videos that uh, that I posted. Um, some of them are a little older, like uh, and some I have posted in the past. And um, one of them is uh, him talking about Shazam. Uh, there are two just of him inking, both of them from Shazam. Another one where he did a thing for Scholastic. Uh, where he's uh, drawing in front of a class for Scholastics. Then there's um, two interviews. One, once again, by Scholastic, and uh, one by one of the guys from iFanboy. So uh, that's, you know, that's five videos for the price of one there. That's roughly about an hour, give or take, of content. So, you know, get yourself a cold drink and go check that out. If you haven't already. After that or before that, depending on which direction you're scrolling, uh, there is a guy that I came across a few years ago, actually, named Sir Ken Robinson. Um, He is one of the foremost individuals on the subject of creativity. And uh, actually, he just put a book out called The Element that I just bought earlier this evening. And he has a lot to say on creativity, uh, how schools treat the arts um, in general, how society treats the arts, and how important creativity is for everything. And of course, in our particular medium, creativity is key. So I thought it was important for people to, uh, you know, hear this little talk. It's fairly brief. It's... um, 
much shorter than most of his things. Most of his things run at least 20 minutes, right? if not an hour or more. Uh, I do suggest that if you really like this video, go search out the rest of his stuff on YouTube because I think he's, uh, I think he's one of the better speakers I've heard in quite a while. And if you have never been to the TED website, mm -hmm. uh, I strongly suggest that people go to the TED website. Um, it's, uh, it's essentially an intellectual think tank. And they uh, have presentations on all sorts of subjects. Um, you know, everything from science to, to comedy to dance. You know, just anything. Anything that you can think of, you can find on the TED. So, uh, you know, go check it out. And most of the things are usually pretty interesting and cool. Okay, after that, um, once again, getting back to a piece of software... Mm. I found a really good tutorial on how to make your line art into non-photo blue line art in Photoshop. That's important. I mean, I've been asked That's that very, several times. Yeah. Um, you know, because, well, for a variety of reasons. One, uh, a lot of people want to retain their penciled art now, um, you know, for the collectability problem. Uh, or the not the collectability problem for the collectability, uh, you know, chances. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, back in the old days, if you were a clumsy inker and, you know, you knocked over your bottle or you did something wrong, you know, you had to go through this whole uh, laborious process to fix it. And occasionally it was kind of obvious that you fixed it. Right. You know, because of the correction fluid we had at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, with the advent of Photoshop, that's a lot easier and better. And, of course, non-photo blue lines do not Xerox. So, Well, it, actually, uh, non-photo blues do Xerox. That's a mis... Oh, it, that's it, it was in the old days when they used stack yeah. cameras. But yeah, What it true. does allow you to do, to scan in a uh, black and white piece of artwork in color yeah. go in and knock out the blue so only you have the black and white left over right so actually that's another video tutorial we should go try to scrounge that, or make that's true yeah because i forgot about the the more recent mm -hmm. copiers do kind of grab everything Pick up everything yeah yeah either for good or ill and uh the most recent video from uh from Through the Magic of Podcasting, Friday, September the 3rd, um, is uh, one on drawing Anakin Skywalker, uh, as done by Tom Hodges, one of the uh, Star Wars artists. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge Star Wars geek, but I'm a little bit of a geek for the cartoon, mm -hmm. just because I think it's, uh, I think it's been so much of a superior product when stacked up against the prequels. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's it really, you know, it's really done, I think, more for Star Wars than all three of the prequels put together. I really mm -hmm. think it's it gained it, you know, it's really up the acceptance of Star Wars. It's definitely up the profile, you know, with, uh, with people of all ages. Uh, after I, being on Cartoon Network, so. Yeah, well, it definitely has brought in the new 
watchers, the new fans, right. because my youngest got into it, and you know, there's characters that's there. It's only on that. Yeah, but. only on Clone Wars. So, uh, so, and you know, you're definitely seeing a big influx of material about Clone Wars. Uh, you know, books, uh, activity books, sticker books, and such for kids. Uh, novelizations and uh you know other things for older older people so yeah i don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon so yeah i did find that one uh of tom hodges drawing rather than uh the other guy whose name just leapt out of my head who i posted quite often who does a whole series actually did the book called how to draw star wars so which is still very good videos, yeah. and uh, you know I encourage you to go check those out. But it's always nice to get a more eclectic view. Yeah. Um, and I think that catches us up on Sketch.net for this week. Sounds cool. So now uh, uh, over to what's going on at Comics Mentor. It's been in a week of encouraging posts, and uh, I think it's Wednesday I posted. If you could post one word that describes you or sums you up, and I think Bob's. I know Bob has answered that, as well as several other people. What would that one word be? And I guess the follow-up post will be, if that post that you put up was negative, how would you change that? Right. Uh, because some people did, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and there are times when you know I myself would, just because I have so many things going on. But then I look back and and you know I could see that word maybe, and think that nah, that really doesn't. That's not me because. It, you know, but uh, it in some cases it's very telling, and it, it for me it's a chance to encourage somebody to um, you know to sort of rethink things and and look for the the good in things and to look for the good in what you're doing and what you hope to do and be more I don't know have have more of a brighter future or brighter outlook. I mean that's hard to do sometimes and I know it, but that's probably been my my most um, active post this week but uh i will continue to post things that are going on with me whether it's the podcast or the comics projects that i have going you know my own projects cool things that i like but as i've said before anytime that i post anything positive or encouraging or hopefully enlightening the first person i'm talking to is always me you know it's what i what i think i need to hear that day and trust me, I need to hear, you know, encouraging things as well. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone else benefits from that and by the reactions that I get, yeah, there are other people who need that. And, I, you know, by and large, I think that's the world that we live in. There needs to be more of that, not just here, but in other, you know, in your daily lives. There, there need to be positive things going on. And if your life is negative, what do you need to do to change that into a positive? And... Maybe it's not making it positive for you. Maybe the positive thing that you have to do is for someone else. Um, think beyond your yourself, and that's comics mentor lately is thinking beyond just the the person that is you, and thinking thinking about your world. You know, how do you impact your world? Right. Which is that's a lot cool. of you know, you know, that's what I'm about. That's the way I roll. Who knew our little Bill is so the five second psychiatrist? So deep, isn't he? I know, man. Says so, so little. Uh, you know, Who would have thunk it? I've just had a conversation through messaging that about this very same thing. It's like you, you need to listen to your own advice. Like I am, but yeah. at the moment, 
there's just nothing I can do to, to, to whatever it was I was saying. But, you know, some things are all in its good time and some things are a process just like I'm a process. Everybody else's, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly changing and evolving day by day, even hour by hour, depending on what's going on. And, and that affects your comics work that affects, you know, maybe your writing, uh, the things that you put down on paper, whether it is a written word or art or your communication with people you're collaborating with, um, those things are impacted, you know, your, your sense of self. And, and, if, and if you have a negative sense of self, I mean, who wants to work with you really? You know, that's hard to do. And I've been around people just in, you know, and people have been around me, I guess, that you've, you've got to draw out the positive somewhere and you've got to figure out maybe it, it's time that you take the positive stance and you're the one who is the shining light. And you shine it on somebody else, not yourself. So that, you know, it's maybe it's not. And I, I do say a lot of times it's not about me, and that's true. I don't want people to think that it, the comics mentor is just about me. It's about anybody who reads it, anybody who is affected by it in a, you know, hopefully a positive way. So I think that's the way it comes across. I mean, well, you know, definitely. Yeah. And people have said that, and that's true. And I appreciate the people who do say that, um, especially with subjects of financial problems or, or particularly marital problems. Um, I mean, there are always people who are going through things and it is comforting to know that there are other people who are going through the same things you are, or even writer's block. You know, I, I have a case of it right now just because I have several things that I could be writing, but having, you know, one thing right in front of me. Uh, and that's something we need to talk about someday is, is work environment like your studio or how you like to work. Uh, that's a future podcast that I meant to bring up. Um, but that, it, that affects even your, your, you know, your, your creative outlets too. So, oh, yeah. you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll post about on comics mentor about that. Too. There you go. There you go. We just gave you your post for tomorrow. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give you a sketch update. I'm um, getting ready to post over at sketchmagazine.net several different posts. I'm going to start trying to once a week post a review on art books. I've got a pile of them here um, that Sketch Magazine in print doesn't come out often enough, so I'm going to start trying to post a weekly art book review over there. Of course, the podcast will hit on Mondays. Uh, last week was, I believe it was midnight. I might have missed Monday by a couple minutes, but. We had difficulties, so we did get it together. It did come out, and uh, Sketch Magazine 40 is being printed. Should start shipping out next week. Finally, hang in there with us. And just remember, Bob, the address for those art books is John Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's my bookcases that are still in storage (laughs) until the new office is done. So. Or... Well, see, I'm taking some of the thing off of you. Oh, here. thank you, thank you. Yeah. I know, I'm a sweet guy when it comes around to it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, John, you can be reached where? I can be reached at a whole variety of places. Uh, first off, you can reach me on the Sketch blog by going to the Add a Reply section because I will check those out periodically and try to reply back to you. You may also uh, contact me through the Sketch forum, as you can contact all of us. Uh, specifically to me, though, you can contact me at john at comicrelated.com, uh, john at sketchmagazine.net. 
So uh, either one of those emails, I will find them and I will get back to you. And Bill. Once again, you can find me at the uh, it's comicrelated.com. And also I have my own section on the comic-related forum. And I usually hang out there answering those posts or the podcast posts. We've had several good, like I said, we've had some good conversation and good questions on that the forum so that's a good place to have more uh interaction uh with not only me or bob or john but other people on the forum who also listen to podcasts or who you know who get something out or have questions of their own and you know that's a good place to to find me but you can find me at either of those two places most likely you can catch me at uh or bluelinepro.com and uh let's see Sketchmagazine.net, of course. Um, haven't been on the boards lately over at CR uh, Comic Related because I've been busy prepping a new uh, project, Clay'sWay.com, which we, fingers crossed, this weekend goes well. We'll go live middle of next week. I should have some news about that in the next podcast. Uh, it's a little different. I've done a lot of web stuff, so we'll, we'll discuss it. But um, So I'll be over there, too doing a lot of Bill and actually Bill and I are actually building the community and stuff for it now. But you can catch me at bluelinepro.com, sketchmagazine.net. Uh, you can reach me at bobh at bluelinepro.com. Um, and I will try to spend more time over at Comic Related. I'll try. So uh, well, you were on there early. You were on there this week. I saw yes. Yeah. I was on there a couple times. And this week, or through the magic of podcasting, this weekend the 11th. Uh huh. Uh, you can at least see uh, myself, my colleagues at Comic Related, uh, and if you happen to catch him walking through, Bob. Yes, I'll be there. At the, at the Champion City Con mm-hmm. in Dayton, Ohio. So uh, make sure you come check that out. It is it is an all-day, all-Saturday affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, major fun to be had by all. So come and, uh, you know, check us out, meet us, and let us know what you think. I haven't been to the show. I'm looking forward to coming up and just walking through, spending some time with you guys, seeing everyone. Yeah, it's an interesting show. It's, you know, it's a little unusual as shows go with the setup and everything, but it's definitely an interesting show. Well, that's that's Cincinnati Comic Expo is, I think, the 18th, and I'll be there as well. So right. That's, now, that's, all, that's the only reason anyone needs to come to that thing is just to see me in an actual convention thing. Because, just, so. you know, seeing Bill is sort of like sighting a Bigfoot. You know, <laughs> there you go. It, it happens so rarely that uh, it's definitely something to tell your friends about. The Cincinnati show is the first one here in a long time. Yes, indeed. And we really hope the guys are very successful with it. First time Bill's been a con since what Chicago a couple years ago. Yeah. So uh, be the first time that the three of us since we started this podcast will be together. So we might have to do a little yep. mini podcast or something. That would be fun live. That'd be nice. Ooh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, I think my family's gonna be there. I know Chuck and his group CR is gonna be there. Ringtail's gonna be there. So definitely, if you're in this area, around this area, you try to try to make it over to the show. It's um. Is it Cincinnati? What's it, what is the website? CincinnatiComicExpo.com. Right. So uh, you'll be able to catch us all there. Blue Line, I'll be there. Yep. Blue Line and Skystorm. So, all right. I think it's been wonderful, guys. Thank you. Well, thank you.
Thanks, everyone, and have a good night. Take care.